Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh here with another live Q&A with yours. Truly hope you all do it exceptionally well. For those who's watching me live, or not live because everyone's coming in live now, but for those who's watching me later on YouTube or listen later on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, I just want to say thank you all so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a part of my community here on uh, YouTube, wherever you're listening. If you've been uh, a subscriber for a long time, I want to say thank you. If you've been uh, just kind of around my channel but haven't subscribed, I hope after watching this video that you'll consider subscribing because I would love to have you a part of my online community here. And for those who are new, uh, periodically I do live Q&As where you can type or uh, submit your questions and I'll be able to um, use the gift that's in me, uh, ultimately the Holy Spirit, and utilizing my experience to be able to answer your question. For those who's coming in live, y'all know what to do. Let me know where you're watching from, all that good stuff. I know today was Thursday. We were supposed to have our purpose of singleness, um, but these next couple of weeks is going to be pretty full for Coach. And so um, I'll probably just be more uh, in a Q&A mode um, just to kind of make sure, um, just want to make sure I stay consistent and uh, at the ability, at the level of the ability that I'm able to give. But let's go right to the uh, uh, comment section. See who's here. Michelle Miller, what's going on? Tanya Mitchell, what's going on from Michigan? Jay Keaton, what's up, family? Carisha uh, Watson, what's going on? Good evening, sweet people. What's going on? Good evening. Good evening. Jay Keaton, how to enjoy your current season? Great question. How to enjoy your current season? Thank you so much for giving. I really appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you so much. All those, a lot of giving has been happening. I just want to appreciate y'all support. Um, it's, it's definitely appreciative. Um, it's definitely um, um, helping uh, myself with the channel and creating more resources for y'all. So I appreciate um, your generosity, all y'all support, whether it's a like, whether it's a share, whether it's a comment, whether it's a super chat, whether it's a donation, whether it's a, a um, um, cash app. Thank y'all. It's humbling. Um, question. J. Keaton says, how to enjoy your current season? Great question. Um, the word enjoy is always, always sticks out to me um, because enjoy is short for entering joy. Um, the best way to enjoy any season is to enjoy the one that's there with you. It's to engage or enter into God's presence. The Bible says in his presence, there's a fullness of joy. The Bible also says that the joy of the Lord is your strength. So when you focus more on the specific person in your current season, then your season, no matter what it is, becomes a little bit more enjoyable because you have perspective and awareness uh, of perspective and self-awareness to be able to say, you know what, instead of me uh, being uh, a feeling or whatever about the season I'm in, I'm actually going to see God. What do you have for the season for me? Because every season counts. All seasons matter. Right. You have to understand that this season right now matters for the next season. And when you understand that, my friend, you will be able to say, you know what, God, whenever I meet a trial, I know that these trials, these various trials that I experience is what's going to help me make me help me to become versatile in my next season. So how do you enjoy practically a current season is to simplify your life in this season. Be very specific with your season and what you should be doing with your season. And you get your specifics from a specific person who is God who will let you know this is why you're here. Also, self-awareness. Ask yourself, okay, if the, if the next season is what I want to have, what must I do and who must I become to actually uh, not just enjoy the next season, but to endure the next season? Every blessing that we ask God for, every blessing is burdensome. And this season right now is to help build you up to be able to manage what comes in the next season. So how do you enjoy it? First, you got to enjoy the person. God has to be the number one person that you enjoy. First off, this season, every Every season you go through is full of God's presence. And so what you do is say, God, what's my purpose? What helped me to enjoy my single season was uh, uh, the creative sessions that I had with God. The many books that me and God wrote together. You see what I'm saying? All these books here. I got productive. Um, seasons go by faster or seasons seem like they go by faster when you're productive. Seasons seemingly go slow when you're idle. And so when you are doing and, and pursuing purpose, the season becomes a little bit more enjoyable. But you have to understand you have to be seasoned. Right. So you have to go through seasons to be seasoned. Hear me. You have to go through seasons to be seasoned. And when you look at this season as as valuable as a season you want to have, you'll take it and actually enjoy it because you'll be glad. God, I'm thankful that you're that you have me here because you have me here for a purpose. So God showed me the purpose for the season so I can enter and engage with you and be joyful about it. Um, the verse says, count it all joy, my friend, when you go through trials of various kinds on the testing of your faith produces patience. 
every season, the next season of your life needs stronger faith and it needs for you to be patient or you're not going to be whole, complete, lacking in nothing. The next season needs for you to be whole. The Bible says so that you'll be whole, complete and lacking in nothing. If you go into the season with holes or you go into the season not completed and you go into the season not tapping to your source where you lack nothing, then you're going to be no benefit to that next season. <clears throat> so the goal is, God, make me whole, complete me in Christ and and let me be aware that in you is everything and I lack nothing. I hope that helped, my friend. I really do. All right. Next question. Hey, Natalia, Philadelphia in the building, Plano, Texas. What's going on? Hey, coach, what's up? Says Jennifer, what's going on? Hope all is well. All is well. Thank you. Man, it's been a minute, but I finally caught a lot. We're glad to have you, Aline. What I do with my rat? <clears throat> Excuse me. We're glad to have you. There we go. Uh, 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 Andrea, uh, Sonoma County, California. Thank you for watching. Evening all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Next question. Hello, coach. Can we ruin God's plan for our lives? I feel scared that I might have ruined my chances on something that I feel God promised me on. Um, you have to understand that your mess ups are a part of God's plan. You, God is omniscient. See, I measure my life not from my attributes or not from my character or not from my ability or not from earth's uh, realm. I measure everything from God's character. So when I begin to understand that God is omniscient, He's all knowing that nothing catches him off guard. Then could it be that God in your in your life, in your period of life, has already calculated your mistakes, already calculated your mess ups and is using it for your good? The Bible says all things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. So no matter what it is, if you genuinely love God and you endeavor to be in his will and you endeavor to be in his purpose, even what you did previously will all be worked together for your good. So God is omniscient. God already knew your messes before you even messed up and already has a message from your mess. So you have to understand, don't, 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 I'm not sitting there saying make new mess, but don't, uh, uh, let's look at the word message. A message, your message is a mess that has been aged. Mess, age, mess, age, message. Your message is a mess that you've made, but it has been aged, meaning that you have matured, meaning that you have grown, meaning that you have gained understanding. And when you begin uh, to not sink and soak into condemnation and begin to be aware that your mess ups is a part of his plan, then you will say, God, how can I turn this mess, age it and make it into a message that will help other people? Only one perfect person reached imperfect people. Now, let's get specific to your issue. <clears throat> your concern was you feel as if you messed up what God has promised. You don't have that much power, my friend. Never look at it from you. None of us have the power to mess up God's plan. We're finite being, beings uh, in the hands of an infinite God. So we know none of us have the power to mess up God's plan. So enjoy his presence now. Repent, renew your mind, regroup, rebound, and reach forward. Reach towards the mark of the high calling. Keep going forward. And over time, you will begin to see how God has formulated from that mess and made it into a message. And the Bible says he didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So don't entertain the demonic ideologies or 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 or, or thoughts that is making you believe that God can use you forfeit. An enemy wants you to forfeit on the things that God wants you to be fruitful in. So don't worry about if you messed up. You can't mess up God's plan. We're not that powerful. If if we can mess up God's plan, then He's not God, right? And so when you know that, you will at this moment welcome the sovereignty of God, welcome the the uh, the love of God, and say, God, from here going forward, I trust that you will redeem the uh, you will redeem the time, and you will bring back to me what the canker worm and everything is taken from me, and that everything in my life works together for my good because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. So be encouraged, my friend. Don't entertain those thoughts. Repent renew, regroup, and rebound, and reach forward. Hope to help. My wife just got home. You okay, babe? You good? All right. The Christian Lifestyle says, how to focus and love God more in your singleness and not marriage? Great question. Uh, <clears throat> how to focus and love God more in your singleness and not marriage? First off, you have to transfer your understanding of value. Nothing should be more valuable to you than God because he's your source, right? So when you begin to get to know God and his attributes, that's what happened to me. That's what made my singleness more valuable because I have him now. 
It doesn't matter what tomorrow holds or what next season holds. I have him now. I have the most powerful uh, person in my life now. And when you begin to understand who he wants to be to you, then you will begin to say, okay, God, I think the reason why singleness doesn't have its value, because most people don't know their purpose, right? When you know your purpose, your singleness is valuable because you know there's a part in my life that I need to handle on my own before I partner myself with someone else. It's principle, it's order, it's pattern, right? So when you understand that I, how can I take care of uh, of another person and, and take care of a marriage and take care of a family if I can't take care of myself? And so when you begin to understand what focus is, focus is the thing that causes things outside you to flourish, right? So you have to have some tangible God-given to work on so that you will begin to see the value of your sitting Now, how? Now, how do you love God? You got to get to know him. Right now, you got to get to know him. What I will do is I will go to Google and type up the attributes of God. And I want you to study God's attributes. I want you to pick 10 attributes of God that I want you to study for the next four or five months. And what I want you to do is just take your time and read scriptures about his attributes, talk to God, get to know him, and then you will begin to see the fruit because you will become more like him. It's hard to be like somebody that you don't know. So, but when you become around him and become in fellowship with him, you will begin to say, man, God, you're dope. God, you amazing. God, like, like, like you're more valuable than anything. We have to understand that we have to live unanchored here. My question to every single person is this, hear me closely. What if, what if God comes back tomorrow? Would you be disappointed? If the rapture happens tomorrow, if Jesus comes back tomorrow and you never got married, would you be disappointed? That right there will let you know if if earth means more, if heaven means anything to you. You got to be ready to go. And people will say, well, coach, that's understandable for you because you got married. My next question is, if Christ comes back tomorrow and I never have the opportunity to be a father, will I be disappointed? If God, if Jesus comes back tomorrow and I don't have the opportunity to build my wife her dream house, would I be disappointed? If God was to come back tomorrow and I still I wasn't able to accomplish my personal successful goals, will I be disappointed? Right now, if he comes back today, I'm glad. I'm out. Let's roll. We out. There's nothing here besides my family and my purpose that I do. But if he comes back tomorrow, I'm not going to be mad and disappointed. But if you feel any type of disappointment in your heart, then you have idolatry in your heart. You have to live a life where, God, if I never get married, I'm okay. If I never get another dollar, I'm okay. If I stay at this area and level of my life forever and I got you, I'm good. That's the mentality that we have to have is that, God, I I want you and nothing else. And you get there by getting to know him, because when you get to know him, you'll be able to recognize his his millisecond uh, level of goodness towards you. And then you will begin to get lost in him and lose sight of 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 your idols or whatever. And then you will begin to see the value. Right. Uh, Of him in your life now, because trust me, anyone who's married can tell you. Without God, you ain't going to make it work. I'm telling you right now. Me and BD told y'all many times ago, marriage cannot work without God. Sorry. It it is a challenge. It it requires growth. Without God, I can't see how anybody can do it. Without the love of God, without the grace of God flowing through each other, I don't know how you can do it. So if you don't have God in your singleness, you don't enjoy God in your singleness, marriage is going to be hell to you. That's why I'm glad I got God in my marriage. It could have been worse. It could have been whatever. And it's not even bad. What I'm saying is without Christ, this thing would have been difficult. And so what you have to understand is, is if you don't, if you don't have God and enjoy God in your singleness, if God seems lost to you in a marriage, man. So what I'm saying is get to know him in a personal, deeper way. It confess your idolatry. If you have it, confess anything in your heart, whatever, and find your purpose because purpose makes any season valuable. Hope that helps. Jay Keaton, thank you. Hello from Romania. Thank you for watching. Thank you for watching Romania. Uh, Karishna, please forgive Miss Watson if I messed your name up. I'm from Indiana. Thank you for watching. How to heal and just focus on God, especially after getting hurt with toxic relationships. Great question. Well, the Bible says he's a present help in a time of trouble, um, that he's near to brokenhearted, and that God, um, he saw this. He knew this was going to happen before you was even thought of, and he's there. Um, he's on standby. He's present. He's ready to assist. Right. And um, 
right now you have to come not confess, but you have to forgive. And I know that's difficult, but it's what you do. You write on a sheet of paper and you write down um, the blessing that you're in right now. The fact that you no longer in that toxic relationship, right? See, uh, even though you may have gotten hurt in that relationship, even though you may have gotten hurt in that situationship, no matter where you got hurt, whether it's by family, the good thing is, is through Christ, you can heal, but there's fruit that comes from that healing. There's purpose that comes from that healing. There's protection that comes with it. What I mean by that is now it's time to look at yourself. I will assess my life. I will say, okay, God, show me, um, the scenario, show me the situation. Show me where I lack self-awareness. Show me where I lack dependency on you. Show me where I lacked or uh, entertaining idolatry. Show me where whatever. And then God will begin to groom you, grow you, develop you, heal you so that you can go forward wisely. Life is about wins and lessons, my friend. Life is not about wins and losses. You didn't lose anything. In, in every situation, there's ability to learn, right? Um, now you got to stop to keep getting hurt. The thing is, the way to stop keep getting hurt is to learn from the last hurt, right? Learn from the last hurt. <clears throat> Go back to your last situation and say, okay, who, what, when, where, how? Who hurt me? What hurt me? How did it hurt me? When did it hurt me? Why did it hurt me? Go deep. The why part is important. Why did it hurt me? Is it because I made this person more in my life than I should? Is it because I have low self-esteem and low self-worth? Is it because that I, I, I lack understanding of God and I have idolatry problems? The why is the important because the why reveals the, the bottom of the heart. It reveals the root reason of why you even in that in that was in that situation, right? So what you have to do is, is okay, God, here am I. And oftentimes God is the most vivid and the most um, um, clear at the end of hurt, unfortunately. It's unfortunate when it comes to tough times, we go to God. So the goal is not for you to be like, God, I'm coming to you. And then when great times come, you bounce on him again. But what I want you to do is and say, God, here am I. I need healing. Show me where I messed up. Show me um, how you going, how, how you plan on healing. And he will. Uh, but you have to stop to keep getting hurt. You got to change your terminology, change the way your mindset is. Say, hey, I'm not going to get hurt no more like this. I may get disappointed, but I'm not going to get hurt. See, there's levels to pain. There's 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 sadness and then there's depression. There's there's disappointment and then there's hurt, right? So you have to learn from that past situation so that you don't set yourself up again. And you have to grow and groom yourself in God and he'll do that. So how do you focus on God? Like I told the person that asked, asked the question before you, I will look up his attributes. I will say, God, reveal yourself to me. Look up scriptures about him being a present help and how he's near to brokenhearted. Um, um, simplify your life to have some outlets. Go work out. Get some endorphins in you. It's all, the whole body has to heal. Mind, body, and spirit, right? Spirit, soul, and body. So go work out. Find a new hobby. Get you a bike. Get you um, go walking. Start get, start finding something for every a system for every sector of your being. Um, find, find, allow the Holy Spirit to lead you to people that will teach the word of God and will give you the right message to help you grow and understand the word of God in regards to your healing. And you also change your thinking and your speaking patterns. That's your mental health, right? Then I want you to get into working out and you got to grow holistically so that you can grow and be able to hold the next season that God has for you. Hope to help my friend. Um, all right, we got a super chat. I got to look out for my young man. When people give, I'm gonna look out for him. Now, what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Looking out for everybody, but the person so to see. Roger Sherman the second says, "What's up coach? How do I get over someone who misled me?" Appreciate all the wisdom you provide. First off, thank you for your generosity, fam. I really appreciate that, bro. Um um great question. Um first off, in this life you're going to be disappointed, in this life you're going to be hurt, and you have to understand that you guys be like Christ. What I want you to do, I want you to read um, where Christ said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, then you will begin to see, wow, that's the same type of sentiment I must have with my with those who hurt me. I've been disappointed. I've been hurt by people in my life. And as I grew and matured in the things of God, I began to really um, see how people's misleading or mistreatment led to uh, me uh, being who I am today. Right. And so now let's get practically. How do you overcome someone mislead you? First off, they're not your leader. So now embrace your real leader, the Holy Spirit. The Bible says he'll lead and guide you into all truth. The truth will set you free. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? So now you got to find your true leader. And how you do that is get into the word of God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
right? First, I want you to look at the, that specific person and I want you to look at that specific um, situation. I want you to do this. I want you to look at it and say, okay, what can I learn from this? Wins and lessons, not wins and losses, my friend. And that will help you learn and God will show you, hey fam, that's this the way I got you out. If I, if I didn't let this happen, man, you would have still been in that. So what I would do is what I've, as I've grown and matured in my faith, I rejoice when God gets me out of things. I rejoice when, uh, when, um, when people, um, um, who, whatever, I just rejoice when I see God liberated me. I'm like, Ooh, thank God you got me out of that. I was waiting to get up out of there. So learn from it, learn, look at your heart, look at your heart and learn from the situation. And I want you to look at that person and say, you know what? That person's human. Could it could it have been me? Did I make them more to me than I should have? That's on me. And keep it moving. Forgive them. It's easy to forgive when you got something to go forward towards, right? So what I need for you to do is, is embrace your true leader, the one that's going to lead and guide you into all truth, the one that's going to set you free, the one that's going to liberate you and grow you. And I want you to forgive them because you still got life. You cannot, yes, you wasted time in, in your life for that person, but you can't. What most people do, they waste more time after they have wasted their previous time. So they've already wasted time with that situation and they waste more time by keep reliving that, that season in their mind. And now you wasting premium time, that person not even in your life, but now you wasting more time. Um, wondering if you're going to level up before they level up, wondering if you're going to be more successful than them. No, you got to forgive. Forgiveness is you giving you the opportunity to go forward. Forgive, giving you the opportunity to go forward. You have to have something to go forward to. Jesus said, we were the joy that was set before him, that it helped him endure the cross and despise his shame. It is Christ now that has to be before us that's going to help us navigate these seasons. So you have to get over them because you got to get to somewhere. And you got to say, Father, where do you have me going? What's my purpose? When I got hurt by people and things had happened to me, you know, throughout different seasons of my life, I got busy. I said, listen, I'm going to channel this negative energy and make it into something positive. First, I'm not going to hold on to negativity to write these books, try to prove these people that I'm uh, whatever. I'm doing this for God. We got to keep it moving. So how do I get over someone who misled me? Find your new leader. Find the, your original leader. Let him lead you and guide you to all truth. Look at the situation. Look inside first. Look at your side and see, did you make this person more to you than you should have? Look at your situation and learn from it and let that person go. <coughs> Excuse me. And then level up into your purpose. Hope to help, my friend. Great question. And thank you for your support. I really appreciate it. All right, let me scroll up. Who, who was the last person I, I spoke to? Give me one second. I'm going to find you. All right. Uh, what do you say to brother? Okay. I'm from India. Okay. Here we go. Sweet P says, what to say to my brother who says he believes, but has very little faith and can't tap in and just doesn't feel it. I shared the faith and pray for him. Any words? No problem. Gotcha. Um, there's a the Bible says to each person he's given a measure of faith. Um, and that's, that's another, well, I'll get to that verse. That verse pertains to um, functionality and going forward and purpose, right? But you have to also understand that there's different levels. Some are babes, some are uh, um, decide, uh, at uh, a mature level, some are babes, some are mature. So you have to understand that do not allow your zeal um, um, to, uh, to override the level they're on, right? So you have to understand that you, you're going to be surrounded by babes. You're going to be around people who believes in God, have a little faith. There were seasons in my life where I had very little faith in God, but, I, but like, a, like a butterfly coming out of a cocoon, you can't help. If you try to help that butterfly to cocoon, you will hinder its ability to fly. So some seasons, you got to just be the person, the seasoned person that prays for them, that stands in a gap for them, that weep with them when they weep, that rejoice with them when they rejoice and, and be a listening ear as they develop. And as they grow out of those cocoon situations and metamorphose into who they need to be, those wings have to go through those seasons so they could be strong enough to fly, right? So he believes, but has very little faith. And that's understandable. But but what we have to do is 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 don't uh, push him into the level of faith that you're on. Just be that light that guides into the faith that you're on, and just be that present help as he navigates. I share the faith and pray for him. Any words, any suggestions? Let him grow. God's got him. Um, um, don't allow uh, another person's struggle make you sad or make you become their savior. Oh my gosh! If you would just believe, no. Um, he believes, but he's young in his faith and he has to develop and over time he'll grow. Let him grow. Um, so what do you say to him? Say nothing. Let your life speak. Let him see. See, 
what young believers need to see most, just like kids need to see most in their parents, just like young believers need to see in older believers is Christ living through them, Christ doing through them, living as in attributes and doing through them, opening doors, favor, um, um, just seeing how God just opened doors for you. If you speak about a faith that you don't live, you stifle the faith in the person that's looking at your life. But when you let them see your faith growing in the things of God, then people's going to be like, yo, yo, okay, I want to level up with you. That's why I have my nephew with me when I play ball and I say, God's going to bring a cloud over the sun and he sees the cloud comes over the sun. Or when I tell my nephew, you're going to play ball and there's no cloud in the sky. But I says, nephew, there's going to be a breeze that come because I want him to see that me and God, are I'm his son. That God looks out and I'm bold enough and I have enough faith in me to believe that God's going to make his, his son hoop in some cool weather. So when you begin to have that mentality and you let them look and see God come on back with you and, and vibe with you. And, and, and that's why I love when my nieces and nephews see uh, me in ministry when I met my church. So and But he comes home and eats with me and he's cool. They need to see that. And that's how their faith grows. So do I share the gospel every day with my nieces and nephews or share the gospel with my sisters all the time? No, I let them see it in my life. Um, and I hope that helps family. I really do. Uh, I N says, I do uh, uh, do confirmations to see if something is for me. And I believe that God gave me his word on something. But how can I have faith to trust in it in his hands? Sorry for sounding silly. No, you're not silly. That's not a silly question. I'm working on a book right now that talks about confirmation. Uh, a confirmation is a firm connection. And, and it, the firm connection comes from faithfulness, right? So confirmation is God letting you know, I heard you. Secondly, I told you, I got you. And you have to trust it because what helped me trust everything in God's hand is to show is my realization of how limited my hands are. Like I couldn't make marriage happen. I couldn't have. I would have been in debt. You see what I'm saying? I would have been, I would, I would have did the most. I would have messed it up. But when I began to really see how God really does make things happen, see, I speak. So let me, let my, let my experience encourage you. I've seen God come through for me so many times to the point to where I'm content. I don't rush anymore because God always comes through. I had to release out of my mind my expectation of God's come through. See, we have an expectation of God's come through. We think that God's going to come through like this. God's going to come through like that. God's going to come through. And we got this visual, this image of this, how God comes through. The Bible said, not the Bible, but the psalmist said, um, he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. He's an on time God. You know, yes, he is right here. Oh, some of y'all, maybe I never heard that, y'all, but I grew up on that. The reason why God never comes on your time, because if he came on your time, your faith will never grow. But if he comes beyond your time, he gives that wiggle room for your faith to grow. He always waits till, till it seems impossible. He always waits to see if you will wait on him because he wants your faith to grow. If God always came when you want it, then he'll be a genie. Some of us, we we have created our graven image of God and made God into a genie and versus in worshiping the real God. So we think that we rub on God. We rub, we rub, and rub. He's supposed to come through for us multiple wishes and he's supposed to come through me. No, God says, man, I am not Amazon Prime. I am not your employer. I don't got a check for you every two weeks. I don't got a, a two day shipping or it might come the next day. You send your order in. I send you a confirmation number, which is spelled your confirmation. Confirmation number is P-E-A-C-E. -E. He'll give you a piece as a pass. All you understand is that's your confirmation number. And you have to wait until it's shipped in. Because God knows the best time to deliver it, not only for your faith to grow, not only for your maturity to grow, but for those around you. Sometimes it ain't got nothing to do with you. Sometimes God um, waits to bring things in your life so he can have an audience. God loves an audience. If God can get 50 souls with one stone, why not? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So if God says, hey man, I, if I keep looking out for you privately, how can I get my gospel out publicly? So sometimes God is not just doing it for you. God may be like, you've been ready. But, but I wanted to get your daughter. I want to get your sister. I want to get your mom around. I want to get an audience around so then they can see that I am God and that I want to be the same God that came through for you. I want to come through for them. So if you got what I would do with God's confirmation is write it in a notebook, 
what I what I would do is get a journal of just your of God's faithful track record. G F T R G whatever track record, right? And I want you to write down uh the date that you that you heard from God. And I want you to write as the confirmation come, write down what the confirmation was. And then I want you to write the date when it does come. Because when you begin to put it on paper and you have it for years, you'll be at a place of contempt. You'll be like, I can go back to, let me go to 2020. Yep, God did give me that. He told me that. And he told me on April the 10th. He told me on July the 16th. And he sent me multiple confirmations throughout the month of July, throughout the month of August, and it came September 10th. Imagine what that would do if you tracked God's faithfulness. Then you wouldn't have to track it no more because then you then you good. You're like, oh, God going to always come through. That's where I'm at. If God said it, it's coming because I know how he does it. I know he's not. I, he, I know that his come through is not based upon how I want him to come through. He's going to come through the way he comes through for, for my faith to grow, for my maturity to go, and for, for the audience around me to see his goodness. Hope to help my family, my friend. Reaching High says, how to hear God's voice? Man, I love the God questions. How to hear God's voice? It is only through his, is it only through his word? Um, Yeah. Oh, well, it's rooted in his word. Um. God's, God would never speak into a life of a person. Let me make sure I make that clear. Okay. Let me just, let me just, I don't want to, I don't want to confuse anybody. I'm not going to go deep. I'm going to be very specific with your answer. You start, the Bible says, my sheep know my voice and a stranger they will not follow. No means in the Bible, oftentimes intimacy. Those who know, know is involved, engaged. I know this person. The more familiar you are with the person, the more specific their voice becomes. How do you hear God's voice? You got to simplify your life. You got to simplify your life. Remove all excess noise, right? Remove all excess noise out of your life. Simplify your life and still your life often. And then, and then really uh, um, engage and be present in every day, right? And then you will begin to have your life still and quiet enough to hear God. But it does. You have to know God's word to be able to distinguish between your voice, demonic voices and a divine voice voice from you from deep within you, demonic voice and divine voice. That's how you know. You know the difference when you are when you dive into the word of God often. Um, God is not going to speak outside of his word. He's not going to speak outside of his character. If you barely know the word, the Bible, the Bible talks about how Satan will, will throw lofty opinions against, against your knowledge of God. So if you only know this much of God, he's going to throw this high. He's going to throw that. If your knowledge of God is here, he's going to throw a lofty opinion. The Bible says, cast down vain imagination, every lofty opinion that raises itself against the knowledge of God. If your knowledge of God is here, the enemy's going to throw it way up here. And he's going to throw it at a level that's above your knowledge of God. But if you continue to increase in God, his arm is not that strong because you'll be able to shoot um, his stuff down because you know God and, and, and you understand him and you know his ways. Right. So hope to help. So simplify your life, get into the scriptures um, um, and steal your life often. And his voice will become clearer and clearer because you got rid of the excess noise. I got time for two more. And I got to go, y'all. Good evening, my two cents. Dirty Reed, what's going on, family? Let's let it, let it go. It's hot season here. I mean, it's hot too. It's humid in North Carolina, man. I hate the humidity, brother. Jody Real says, How high should our expectations be for marriage? I want my marriage to be healthy and love filled, but in reality, real marriages may have issues. Are my expectations too high for marriage? Um, the goal in order to have the right level of expectation for anything is to have a biblical understanding of the of that thing. Biblical awareness puts expectation at its appropriate level. So when you have a biblical understanding of marriage, you will be able to say, as a man, it does require work that I have to sacrifice for like Christ did for the church. Then you'll begin to get into Proverbs and understand uh, what the will of God is and, and how to be prudent and how to be a good steward. Then you'll begin to study what it means to bear the fruits of the spirit, right? So expectations should always be biblical. And even biblical expectations are at a great level. It's at a great height. But what most people fail to realize, they begin to adopt a carnal worldview on marriage and they think they marriage is going to be great. Marriage comes with it. Marriage comes with its own problems. But the problems of marriage should come not between the two. But as you get when you get married, you're going to get to know each other. I'm not talking about there will be no problems. What I mean by that, it should be so much that you are rooted in God. She's rooted in God so that 
that it won't a, a, a mold hill won't become a mountain, right? So problem solving ability is important. Um, uh, uh, patience is important. Self awareness is important. Um, amnesia is important. Forgiveness is important, and all of that can be learned in your single years. And so that's why it's important to fellowship with the Spirit of God, so you can bear the fruits of the Spirit of God, so that you will be able to know how to walk in love. Because marriage without this fruits from the Spirit of God will not last. You need love. You need joy. You need kindness. You need gentleness. You need patience. You need self control in order for marriage to thrive. So without the Spirit of God, it won't work. The goal is problems, not problems, but things. Problems should not happen within the marriage. Um, um, uh, you should navigate problems going forward. What I mean, you, the goal should not be creating problems. The goal should be problem solving on behalf of the kingdom and advancing it as a team, etc. So what I would do is uh, just do a dense Bible study of marriage in the word of God, dense Bible study on preparation for marriage, the fruits of the spirit. And then you will begin to, your mind will begin to be renewed to better understand the biblical expectations for marriage. And then, so you won't walk in there. So I walked into my marriage, no expectations outside the Bible. Cause I knew my wife is new to being a wife. I'm new to being a husband. I can't expect her to make to make four meals a day, three meals a day. That's dumb. That's unrealistic. I can't expect her to do X, Y, and Z every single time. I can't expect her to have the temperament or the poise of a wife, a woman that's been married for 40 years. I can't expect that. So when you start expecting things that are not realistic, then you set yourself up to be disappointed all because of you, right? So hope that made sense. The Bible will prepare you for the realities of every season going forward, my friend. Hope that helps. We got another super chat. Let's see what. Okay, here we go. Uh, Ariel Richards. Let me get let me scroll down so I can so people can see your question. Uh oh. Did I scroll? Uh, here we go. Ariel Richards. And first off, thank you for your generosity. I really do. I really do appreciate it. Ariel Richards says, "How to overcome disbelief or a dry season." It's not that I doubt God existence. I just don't see him move anymore. And I'm starting to doubt if he's still there since he turns his face from evildoers. Well, first off, God, um, the only time God turned his back on the last time God turned his back on mankind was on Jesus. Because he turned his back on Jesus, he can look at us. Because he turned his back on Jesus, because that was all of our sins on Jesus. That was the last time God the Father needed the Son to do that so that he can officially, for the last time, turn his back to sin and be able to see the Spirit working in his saints and his sons and daughters, right? So you got to be like the young man, the, the dad in the Bible that says, I believe, but help my unbelief, right? The Bible says... um, Oh man, uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God. If any man desires to, let me find it. Give me one second. I want to make sure I, 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 I um, uh, quote it perfectly. Uh, without faith, we're going to look at it together. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Uh, okay, cool. Let me find it. Let me post it. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, share screen. You okay? Babe, you all right? Brittany. Oh, she must be. Hold on. Give me one second. I'll be right back. All right, she's okay. I just I ain't she I ain't here. I ain't here. You got a husband gotta make sure now. Make sure she's good. All right. The Bible says, let me uh make it larger for y'all. It says, and without faith it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewarded those who diligently seek him. Now, the word exists. You said you believe that he exists. Existence is not just existing. Existing is also in the midst. So you have to look at your situation and say, do I believe that God exists in my current situation? Do I believe that he's here? Now, what messes up a lot of people, my friend, 
is that they measure God's faithfulness based upon the big things he does. So I only believe that God is faithful. I won't believe that God is faithful until like it's like the next episode of God. Um, I, I'll, I'll believe it's God when I have my husband or when I have my wife. Then I'll know God is real. No, no. When you look at the big things, you become distracted from the big little things he do every day. Right. So when you look at God's faithfulness at a millisecond level, it builds your faith going forward because now you're not measuring God based upon whether he's coming through or not or whether he has come through. You measure God based upon the breath that you breathe. The Bible says in him that is in him that we live, move and have our being. He's always there. He's sustaining us. God is so faithful that he's more faithful in the unseen than he is the seen. You, 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 you won't be able to know until you get to heaven uh, how faithful he's been to you, how many accidents you avoid, the fact that you're alive, the fact that he's sustaining you, the fact that you have shelter and clothes. The Bible says with, with, with food and shelter, one should be content. So contentment is the goal, right? So how to overcome disbelief for a dry season? The season is never dry. Because you, you, the Bible says, be like a tree. Let's look it up. Let's be like a tree that's planted in the rivers of water, whose leaf do not fade, right? So it doesn't matter. Okay, I'm gonna look at the scripture. It doesn't matter what season you are in, right? I, I'll look it up. We'll look it up later. But um, or let me look it up now. Uh, because I did, a, I did a, I wrote that in my in my book latest. Uh, uh, like a tree, oh, like a boss, like a uh, like a tree. Here we go. <clears throat> Let's find it. Here we go. Jeremiah. Uh, all right. He is like a tree planted by waters, but that sends out its fruits by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. That's dry season for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. So right now you have to ask yourself, where are your roots? Because it doesn't matter what season you are in, if your roots are in God, if your trust is in God, and you really believe and see how faithful he is uh, over and over again, then it doesn't matter what comes above you or doesn't fall from above you, you will be encouraged knowing that he's there, right? So now let me get specific. It's not that I doubt God's existence. I just don't believe, I don't see him move anymore. Now, every breath you breathe, you see his faithfulness. Look at your roof. You see his faithfulness. It doesn't matter where you are. If your eyes is not looking up in hell right now, I don't know if they got YouTube live in hell. <clears throat> but if your eyes is not in hell, he's faithful. So the, any, the best way to out you out of your purpose is to have you doubt God. Did God really say what Satan said to Eve? And then he began to say, you won't surely die. He, his face is not turned from you, my friend. He's there. He wants to help you. So don't uh, look at yourself as God's daughter. Now, the Bible says, uh, Jesus said, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends because the servant doesn't know what his friend is doing. So God wants to fellowship with you. And you have to look at everything based upon what God is doing for you by seconds, not by seasons. So if you measure God by seasons, you're going to lose sight because you're distracted by what God you hoping God to do versus what God has done. Hope that helped, my friend. I really do. So look up those two scriptures, meditate on those, and uh, you can rewind and find those scriptures. I want you to meditate on that, my friend, and really say, God, show me you in a deeper way. Show me you. And I promise you, in less than 24 hours, he will show himself in such a significant way that your faith will start growing, my friend. We got another super chat. Let me scroll down. Boy, y'all being generous today, man. Appreciate y'all. Chanel says, hey, hey, Josh, I like to buy a house, but I love to give to the point where I would dip into my savings all the time when I see a need. Is this wise? Your money, you are a steward. Stewardship should be your mindset. Prudence should be your mindset. So what I will do is I will go to Google and I will study. I will study prudence and stewardship and giving, right? Your giving should be set by the spirit of God because you're a steward. You, I'm not just, I don't just spend money like that. Now, God gives me money where I can enjoy life. But anytime I feel that in my heart, I know save it for a season. Let me give you an example. I used to be in ministry where it was local, where it was weekly, right? 
and I would just spend money on flyer stuff. And the Holy Spirit told me, don't spend this money. This donation came and I was like, oh, Batman, we got this new event coming. Do not spend the money. I spent it on flyers and posters anyway, right? Come to find out a bill came that was the same amount that was donated to me and I didn't have the money for it. So that was a lesson learned that I'm going to be a steward of my money and not just be a free spender, right? Um, so, um, so as long as you're led with your money, you're good. But if you're finding yourself like my niece, my niece um, is going through a season of her life where she's being, she's growing immensely in the things of God and she's very generous with her money. And we was outside of Bojangles one time and she wanted to give a young lady, a woman, $50. And with my niece, every time we see a homeless person, she wants to give. And that's great. Right. And so what I told her was, I said, is God leading you to give her $50? Do so I'm not saying that I wasn't trying to stifle her giving. I wanted her to understand like that 50 could be used for something else. That's great that a teenager wants to get $50. I, I was, I was going to celebrate it, but I wanted her to understand because I've noticed in her patterns that she was a free giver. And that's great. But you want to make sure that you also learn stewardship and sensitivity to the spirit and not just be because the enemy will use your generosity and he will use the zeal behind your generosity to spend money that could be used some specific. Right. So I'm not saying to say not be generous, but increase your fellowship with the God, with God, so that you'll know when to do it and be sensitive to it. And don't be so zealous with your generosity that that you start spending money that should be used with certain else. But that doesn't mean that you don't be generous. So the balance is the spirit of God. The spirit of God is what brings the balance. Now, you know, OK, Holy Spirit. Now, you know, you are you are moved when led. Now, don't, that doesn't mean when you don't when you see a need, you don't meet a need. But you you ask the Holy Spirit, am I the one to meet that need? That's a simple that's a simple just Holy Spirit. What should I do right now? I, I, I see a need and I want to put a seed in that need. Holy Spirit, what should I do? If the Holy Spirit gives you a clearance, you go do it. If you feel a nudge to do it, you don't do it. Simple as that. Because you do have goals, uh, but but as long as you're balanced by the Spirit of God, you should be good. So, hey, Josh, I like to buy a house, but I love to give. That's great. That's great. To the point where I would dip into my savings all the time. See, all the time is a concerning point. Savings, is there's certain money that you shouldn't dip to all the time. And so what I would do is I was kind of I would kind of sit with the Spirit of God and just say, okay, Holy Spirit, teach me stewardship. Teach me prudence. Teach me to be led by you in my finances so that I, when I see a need, I can sense you to know if I should meet that need or not. Because if you keep meeting people's need, you could be potentially blocking somebody else's blessing who was supposed to meet that need in that person's life. Or if you keep meeting people's needs, then you will become a handout and not a help up to a person. All that person, now that person, now that person becomes dependent to your savings. And now you dip, now they drain your savings because they know you're generous with it. You got to learn no with your money. It all boils down to the leash of the Holy Spirit. Hope that helped, my friend. I really do. I love y'all. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go up going 47 minutes, 48 minutes now. I hope y'all got a lot out of this Q&A uh, for the next couple of weeks or so, next week and a half. I'll probably do a lot more Q uh, Q&As. Um, but for those who don't know, I do have resources that I think will be a benefit for you. Uh, first resource is my children's book for third graders and up. As, uh, as he says, Essence for the Students I Serve is a great resource and book for students to understand their art form and their purpose. Also got a book here called uh, Dating Prep. If you're in a relationship right now or you're single, it's a great book to date yourself and love your life forever. Uh, my card games and my wife's card, but there's questions and answers and inserts for you to ask that person. Ask yourself, write your answers down, write the answer down and see if y'all on the same page. That's what's good about this book. It's the same page. Are y'all on the same page? So you write your answer down, you write their answer down. And um, you can get the card game sold separately. I sell like QVC, sold separately. Um, but you go to my website, imunplugged.com, and there you will be able to get all my resources there. But Dating Prep is a great resource that will help you um, date yourself, ask yourself these questions, find out your answers, and date the love of your life forever. Also got this book called The Purpose of Singleness, Are You Whole or Full of Holes? A great little book that helps you to process um, um, the purpose of your singleness and how to position you to maximize it and become whole. Also got a book on spiritual warfare. 
If you're struggling with the uh, warfare and you want to learn more about the whole armor of God and how you can stand in the evil day, it will stand. This is a good resource here. It also has another book in the back of scriptures that will help you meditate. And they're, they're topical. So a children's uh, verses on children, um, a verses on appearance, verses on anger, verses on um, uh, enemies, haters and all that kind of stuff. Great book there. Um, if you're struggling with soul ties or strongholds, um, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strongholds, a great book right here. If you want to learn more about how you can walk in freedom. And the first book I ever wrote in my life is the book Unplugged, the top things to unplug in life. You can get all these resources, including my card games, on my website, IamUnplugged.com, right here. Um, you'll learn more about what I do, helping adults unplug and students propel is what my wife and I do. Learn more about our ministry, learn more about our history. Um, you'll be able to see our mentoring program is at the end of the video. Uh, but yeah, uh, you learn more about our mentoring program. Also, we have courses. I have three courses there. I have a course on insecurities, a course on procrastination, and a course that we're going through right now that was supposed to happen today, The Purpose of Singleness. Also, get your books. Also, we got t-shirt like this one, Infatuation is Blind. Make sure y'all see it. Infatuation is Blind, Not Love. We got shirts on our website as well. Um, what else we got? Um, booking. If you want to book me for a speaking engagement virtually or in person as the COVID subsides, you can do that as well. Or if you want to donate to support what we do, you can do that as well. Um, and that's it. That's pretty much my website. There we go. Our kids mentoring program. That's my wife right there. And we've, met, we've mentored over a hundred kids. And I know we're going to have some um, hindrances now, but we're still going to mentor our kids. We You go to our Mr. Ezzy channel. On our, on our Mr. Ezzy channel, you'll see uh, videos for kids. Uh, let's see if I got those down. So you can see our pictures there. That's my wife there. And that's me back there. And these are the, this is our first year of kids. Um, you two programs you'll see there. Uh, let's see, Mr. Ezzy channel. Let's see what we got there. So we also got videos for kids. Oh, y'all can't see that. Give me one second. I just want to make sure y'all see as we go into school year, starting back up. So we have videos, practice makes permanent, stay humble, count your blessings, um, just great, great videos for kids that they can learn more about, you know, what we'll vibe out. But, you know, great videos where I just sit back and just kind of talk to the kids about life, all that good stuff. So all that's on my website, ways that you can uh, uh, get plugged in, get involved, support. But Coach Josh, I'm going to say Mr. Ezzy loves you. <laughs> but Coach Josh loves y'all. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.